Get ready for an hour filled with conspiracies, UFOs, ghosts, the paranormal, legends, and myths from around the world. Chasing Prophecy Radio, where the paranormal is supernatural. With your hosts, Sean Kelly, Jenny Nicasio. Welcome to the Chasing Prophecy Radio, and here are your hosts, Sean and Jenny. Good evening from the Keystone State, clear across the USA. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy. We're on 107.1 FM, New Orleans. Anything is beyond the scope of normal tonight with the storms coming through. I'm Jenny Nicasio, along with my co-host, John Kelly. Remember to like us on Facebook and Instagram. First, I want to send my well wishes and prayers to New Orleans and anybody impacted by the hurricane. I know it is raining there, and I know that it's raining here, so I hope that we don't get shut off tonight. I think we're going to have a great, cool show tonight, despite all the uneasiness out there. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Sean, you know I've been reading the interview with a vampire, right? Yes. Okay. So during our Friday Night Live, I mentioned it, and I learned a lot about Anne Rice. And she's from Louisiana. I didn't know that. So is the author of the Sookie Stackhouse books. Have you ever read any of those? No, I haven't. No. Okay. Well, the HBO (laughs) series True Blood is based on her books. And I have to say, it's one of my all-time series. And I think they did Charlene Harris, uh, her books well. And New Lo- you know that New Orleans is so rich with culture and the mystique of vampires. And I am fascinated with them, as you recall me telling you a couple times. So yeah. ever since I was a kid, I love the allure of the dark stranger of the night. How about you? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, but to me, the best vampires are the old vampires. You know, <laughs> our movies. Yes. Those are, you know, I Dracula. did... Yes, and I did see an interview with a vampire, and I thought it was too long, okay? I'll be honest with you. I thought it was too long. And then you knew what was going to happen, so I'm not really like a movie buff, but oh, since I've, I loved it. I've I loved been it. I loved Louie. He was my favorite character on that. Oh, I see. Yes, he was. And um, there's a history, um, there's a lot of history surrounding the mansions of New Orleans and, and of course, voodoo. And what are your thoughts on voodoo? Do you know, I, when I saw that question, I was like, wow. I, you know, I don't condone it. Um, I did read a, a little bit into it. And if it helps that person out who does voodoo, to make their lives a little better, go for it, you know? I mean, I have no problem, but I'd like to share a story with you. Sure, go right ahead, my dear. There was a dear friend of mine that went down to New Orleans, and a week before he went to New Orleans, he went to see a doctor. And there was doing, I think he thought they had a mesothelioma, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, he had this stuff under his lung and uh they asked the doctor they wanted to go to new orleans and the doc said go for it you know why not so long story short they were down here at night him and this other guy Mm -hmm. and this girl out of nowhere came up and gave her a doll and it had french written all over this doll it was just a doll okay and he held it under his arm so when they got back to uh, Pittsburgh Um, they went to the doctors and they took an x-ray MRI and all that stuff was underneath his lung was gone there was nothing wrong with him it went away you know that's bizarre yeah it was but so to me if it works it works you know Um, I'm happy with it (laughs) oh you're happy with it okay explain that (laughs) Explain that. Explain that. Explain that. You're happy with it. (laughs) So if you practice voodoo. (laughs) I mean, seriously, think about it, right? You've got all kinds of religions out there. And what's really fascinating about the voodoo religion Uh is that how they deal with saints. You know what I mean? It's 
Catholicism, plus also a little bit of the other stuff. I don't want to say anything online, fearing that I might offend somebody here, but I think it's a very interesting um, yeah, religion. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people um, experiment with it. I mean, I don't mean a lot of people, like everyday people. I mean, a lot of teenagers do, because they have all these gift stores where you can buy... Um, you know, the little tablets or little dolls. I mean, I just seen some voodoo dolls in a um, gift store not too long ago. It's kind of crazy, but they do, it seems. So, I don't know. Well, I don't know, those that you're talking about, you know, when they, when they do sell stuff like that, I really wish they would put a warning label or a warning sign saying, don't play with this unless you know what you're doing or have somebody with you that knows what they're doing. Because it can really mess you oh, up. Oh yeah, I mean, not just yeah. I think sometimes there's that. Um, I'm not sure. There's a there's a voodoo and there's a oodoo. I don't know if that's voodoo. There's oodoo and there's voodoo. So I'm not sure. I Ooh. think. Um, I don't know. Some people say that it doesn't. It doesn't work. It only works if you believe it. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's true too. Now I don't really know too much about hoodoo. Okay. Um, so um, until I start reading up on it, maybe I'll read up it after the show and put yeah. it on our night show. Did you know that New Orleans is the ultimate horror movie location? No, okay. but Pittsburgh was. Yeah, well, no, um, New Orleans is because, partly yeah. because of interview with a vampire. Um, I believe Oak Alley Plantation and Madame John's Legacy Cottage, now owned by the Louisiana State um, Museum, where it was filmed, owns it. Why wouldn't it be, though? Think about it. American Horror Story, Coven was filmed there, too. And to name a few, there's the um, Urbana House, the movie, I don't know if any, this is going way back, um, movie Hellboy was filmed there. Its premise is about a um, pregnant woman who becomes possessed <laughs> and has a devil baby. <laughs> and then there's the Otis House, the rural Louisiana setting. It's a theme for like what we were just talking about, voodoo. And then mm -hmm. the, the one I really liked that I just saw it like a few years ago was The Skeleton Key. And that was starring Kate Hudson, which I really liked that one. Um, I wasn't crazy about the ending though. It's just it's just another movie about voodoo, and um, also I'm gonna link the list of movies to our Facebook page because it was it's a really it's really interesting and there's a lot of mansions where they were filmed at and I think it's really good you can watch it you know this weekend if it rains and we're, as long as we don't lose power that is so no, I think it would be a good week and I know we're supposed to get a lot of rain in the um, the uh, western Pennsylvania so I'm sure a lot of the East Coast is going to get a lot of rain. But Sean, have you ever been on a um, ghost investigation in New Orleans or or Louisiana? No, no, I haven't. Um, but that's on my uh, wish list. Yeah, okay, that should but... be on your your wish list. Absolutely, but the places I'd like to go to, a um, couple mansions, the Magnolia Mansion, and uh, the Myrtles Plantation. Oh, I never heard of those ones, but um, maybe yeah. our guests will give us a little. Yeah, information but... on it so so this is you know this is your deal sean so i'll let you go ahead and um, introduce our guest and you know you wanted to bring the allure and the mystery of the paranormal capital to the world to our listeners who may not know about uh, the hauntings and the culture so um you found our guest so i'll go ahead and give it to you my dear thank you my dear you're welcome well our, our guest this evening is eric wilder he was born on a sleepy bayou of Louisiana. The mystery writer grew up listening to tales of ghost, magic, and voodoo. He's the author of 13 novels, four cookbooks, many short stories. We are going to discuss some of those stories of ghost, magic, and voodoo. Eric, welcome to Chasing Prophecy. Good to have you with us. Welcome, well, thanks Eric. so much, Shane. Shalom. Welcome, Eric. I'm so glad you can make it with us tonight. Um, our show tonight, we're going to discuss the haunted mansions of New Orleans. And for some who've never been there, can you paint a portrait for us? Tell well, the, uh, the French Quarter is the oldest part of New Orleans. And in my opinion, New Orleans is probably the most haunted place on earth. 
you know, there's, as you mentioned about Ann Rice and the uh, uh, conversations with the vampire, you know, it, w it took place in the, during the plague years, and which we can relate to now because of COVID-19. But, you know, they had yellow fever, malaria, cholera, and thousands of people died. And, and the, uh, you know, most of the, uh, many of the people there were Catholics, and, you know, they were devoutly Catholic, and they had certain ways that they dealt with the dead. And, and when the, uh, the pandemic hit, you know, the yellow fever, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't really bury the bodies like they wanted to. And there's a graveyard there. And, you know, I know most people believe or think that all the uh, cemeteries in New Orleans are above ground. Well, that's not exactly true. There's one that has more than 20,000 bodies buried in a common grave with a single headstone. And to say that there's ghosts in New Orleans, I mean, that's an understatement. <laughs> they're, they're all over. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, the French Quarter, that's what over 300 years old, right? Yes, I think it's 301 this year. Wow. What was it like growing up there? And you, you mentioned that your grandma um, told you scary stories about voodoo and oh, all kind of stuff, ghosts. Well, I didn't grow up in New Orleans. I grew up in a little town north of there. And uh, so my uh, first wife was from Chalmette, which is south of New Orleans, and and she was uh, like a member of a prominent French Acadian family, and and my uh, former father-in-law was a fur buyer. You know, he taught me how to grade pelts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, my uh, mother-in-law was the best Cajun cook that I've ever known. I mean, you know, there's if you're a connoisseur of gumbo, you uh, well, you know that there's. There's not just a single recipe for gumbo. Everybody has their own particular recipe. And uh, her gumbo was just like, uh, I mean, heaven on earth. It was just wonderful. And so, but I spent a lot of time. I, uh, my Aunt Carmel was, you know, when World War II broke out, she joined the Marines and then graduated from LSU afterward and was a school teacher in New Orleans during the, you know, the integration years, which was a long time ago, but my brother and I would spend summers with her, and, you know, she took us to every museum, every park, and told us every story there was to tell, and, you know, I know, have known lots of people in the area, and I, I like the detective in my novels, mm -hmm. uh, what he doesn't know, he knows who to ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, where do you think is the most haunted uh, mansion? Well, there's no doubt about it. The most haunted mansion in the French Quarter is the Lalaurie Mansion, the and that's where you know the uh, I don't know uh, the Lalauries were a couple, a kind of a rich socialite couple, and they had slaves. It's a, it was a three-story building. It's still there, and in mm -hmm. fact. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage owned it for a little while, mm. although he knew he would never spend the night there because it's definitely haunted. And, uh, you know, they tortured their slaves. And, you know, that there's a an old French law called Code Noir, which made it illegal to not only to kill your slaves, but to torture them. And so the, the house caught fire one night, and uh, when the people were running out and... Uh, they were trying to save the people. They found the torture chamber, and uh, it's not open. I mean, it, there, there's no museum. You can't go there, but, I mean, you can walk past it, but it would be a great attraction because it's definitely, you know, there's haunted places all over New Orleans, but this one has to be the most haunted. Did they make a movie, or um, was there an episode of American Horror Story? Did they do Absolutely. Okay, I yeah. thought that sounded, did they actually, yeah, okay, that sounded familiar. And they mm -hmm. t tortured the um, the slaves. It was horrible. I mean, it was it was a really scary episode. And they would keep them in these um, boxes, like like torture boxes. 
it's it's awful. So um, it was. you think that's one of the scariest, um, the haunted well, ones? Did you say well, that they I mean, closed it, or can you go inside? No, you can't go inside. It's it's privately owned, and uh, and so there's you know it's not a museum or anything, and hmm. <clears throat> so uh, it's it it would be nice if somebody someone you know that did own it would open it as a museum or a, you know a, yeah. a boutique hotel or someplace like that that would be fun there must be a reason why they don't have it open to the public maybe it's just maybe it is truly haunted maybe well, it is there <laughs> what was that sean maybe i'll go there to investigate if i could get in yeah i mean you'd have to contact the oh. landowner bringing you too no i don't think i'm going to that particular place <laughs> That's too scary for me. So you think um, Mardi Gras has a big thing to do with, um, um, I mean, it's it's a big thing in um, New Orleans because, like you said, the deep Catholic roots. But you know what? It, it baffles me uh, for a place that's so popular with the paranormal um, that Lent would be a popular event there. And it just kind of blows my mind. Do you have any comments on that? Well, Either one of you? Yeah, it's like Sean said that, uh, you know, there's a, a fine line between Catholicism and um, voodoo. You know, voodoo came from West Africa and through the West Indies, and it mixed with the uh, Indians, the you know the the that were there in the West Indies, and and the the roots of voodoo. I mean, it, it's actually called Vodon. Vodon. V o u d o u n. That's the actual religion. I never heard that. And. That one. And it's kind of like an animistic religion, but it is, you know, it's it's a, a real, it, you know, it's not a, a cult. It's a, a actual religion. But voodoo and hoodoo, as you were talking about, hoodoo is kind of the, uh, you know, when you get out in the woods and the, the away from the the city, and they the things, you know, the things that people practice become a little more skewed or. Intense. And uh, they're not exactly the same, and so you know, uh, I mean, when I was growing up, I remember uh, there was a uh, a church, and <laughs> we, my friend and I used to camp on this hill above the church, and on certain nights they would have these voodoo ceremonies, and of course we were too scared to go down and uh, actually watch, but you know we could listen to them, and it was. It was kind of crazy, but, you know, I'm not making this up. This is true. I believe you. We believe you. What's what's the difference between um, witchcraft and um, voodoo? I mean, they seem like they're about the same. Well, they're really not. Uh, Witchcraft, I think, you know, is a, it's, I mean, I don't think it's a religion. Well, maybe it is, but. uh, It was Wiccan. That's a religion. Wiccan, yeah. And, uh. You know, many of these uh, religions they uh, they they draw similarities to uh, to other religions, and maybe there are some similarities. And but you know, voodoo there's dark voodoo and there's light voodoo. So you can you know you can practice good magic and and dark magic, and they're not always you know the people the some of these uh, voodoo practitioners from the you know the back when. I mean, there were, you know, there were men, they call them Hoongans, H-O-U-N-G-A-N, and the females were Mambos. Mambos. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, some of them, you know, they practice good. I mean, you know, the most famous voodoo practitioner, of course, is Marie Laveau. Uh-huh. And, uh... Woman. What did you say, Sean? <laughs> she's a good woman. She's a good woman. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're creeping me out tonight um so so they're totally they're i mean they're they're, they're similar but they're different and is, what is but the saying that voodoo only works if if the person that's that's putting the voodoo on like say i have a voodoo doll okay and i poke it with it to someone i don't like and she doesn't believe in um voodoo now a lot of people say it won't work because she doesn't believe in it. Is that? Did you ever hear that? that... Well, kind of. Uh, I mean, it's way more complicated than that. I mean, uh, 
you know, like uh, the god of voodoo is the Bondu, and even the the highest practitioner of voodoo has no idea who that is. Oh. And they have certain deities that, you know, like uh, Baron Samadhi, who is the uh, deity that for uh, that keeps the cemeteries. And, and uh, it's, uh, I mean, they, they have uh, a similarity with uh, certain Catholic saints. Mm-hmm. And so there is a... Uh, a a strange connection between Catholicism and and voodoo. And, I mean, all this is real. This isn't made up. I believe you. Sean, what do you think about that? I totally believe them. Um, It's just like, uh, it's it's interesting. Now, what they portray in movies and in TV shows and stuff like that, I think they overdo it again. Um, and that's to me puts the fear of voodoo into a lot of people because they see this stuff on TV, but they don't actually know what the religion is. Trust me, I um, I'm spiritual, you know, and but when I start seeing all that stuff, it I'll be honest with you, it gave me the chills there and there. But I'm sure it's not what it's like built on TV. Is that true, Eric? Well, it is true, and you know, one of the most frightening books I ever read was The Exorcist. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That is horrible. You know, I, I read that, and uh, uh, I, I was so frightened. I mean, it was just horrible. And I had to, I was on a job in southwest Kansas, and the wind was blowing, and the sand was blowing to the door of the motel, and and uh, all I could see was, uh, you know, this uh, devil <laughs> coming through the door at me, and I mean, that I'm, you know, I'm using that figuratively. I didn't really see a, a devil, but you know, it frightened the heck out of me. It would frighten me too. I'm especially. I don't think I could read that book um, at this stage in my life. It seems like the older I get, the more scared I get of these things. I used to be able to watch all of them when I was younger, and now I get too scared, and then I, I don't want to go to bed at night, and I'm up all night. So it's it's freaking me out. Even talking about The Exorcist, but uh, <laughs> so um, let's um, talk about uh, your series, The French Quarter Mysteries. Um, is that about real life events or people you know? Well, I think all fiction is based on reality, and a lot of times when I draw a character, I use someone that I know, but not necessarily. I mean. But, you know, their uh, characteristics and their physical mannerisms. And But, no, I don't necessarily use a particular person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the uh, it's not – I mean, I, I know the French Quarter very well and, and New Orleans. I mean, most people don't realize, but, you know, there's like ten different accents in New Orleans. I didn't know that. Yeah, my uh, first wife, Gail, was from Chalmette, and people thought she was from Brooklyn because, you know, she would say uh, sink, she would say zinc. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, there's uh, like a Metairie accent mm-hmm. and uh, a Gretna accent and a French Quarter accent, and it's it's kind of strange. You know, you, you see some of these shows like uh, uh, CSI New Orleans and, and they're, they're, these people are probably all from Hollywood and wouldn't know a New Orleans accent if it hit them in the face. Yeah. But and so it's a, it's a, and I try to use a real landmarks, you know, like the St. Louis Cathedral and in my book about vampires, I had the uh, the old Ursuline convent, and uh, so I use these. And the, a lot of my fans or people that like my books are from New Orleans yeah. or from that area and you know they they say they like them because you know they uh it makes them feel like you know they're really there. Absolutely. I think that's awesome. Your vampires in your book. Um so you're an author and we know it's fiction. We know, you know, we know we understand that the vampires in your book are fiction. Um is there any truth to the legends and myth? Um I mean come on. I mean there you, there's these cult f- following groups they 
believe they're vampires and they actually exist. I saw one on Facebook. There was like, oh my God, there was like 50,000 people that think they're vampires. So any truth to that, Eric? Can you can you tell us something that we might not know? <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. There are people that do practice uh, being vampires. And there is a uh, a bar in the French Quarter called The Dungeon. The Dungeon. And they have a first floor and a second floor. And the first floor is noisy. And you go upstairs and the people, you know, they... Uh, they they call themselves vampires and they do exchange blood you know they will uh oh yeah it's uh pretty creepy i mean i'm I'm not have you ever been there eric you want to tell us about it well no but you know a lot of my friends have and i and you're not supposed to take a camera inside i mean it's not allowed but it goes down an old alleyway and you know it's very creepy and if you go to new orleans and to the french quarter you need to go to the dungeon you have Mm -hmm. to go if you go to is, there, is that something like that was on True Bud, uh, Eric? Um, there was a, the, the, the character Eric, that's weird, um, he, he, he had a bar, and it was the uh, Fangbanger Bar. I'm sure there's a lot of out there, True Blood people. I, I even watched the reruns of it, and they go to, what is that town called? Chef, Chef oh, come on, help me. I'm not from New Orange. It begins with an S. Port, Chef, come on. You're, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh my goodness, I feel terrible. How do you spell it? I can. It, begin, it begins with an S. <laughs> S- oh, Treeport. Treeport. Oh my God, <laughs> I knew that too because I watched it. Like I watched, I read Silky's books or Charlene. I call her Silky. Charlene Harris's books. Um, yeah, why can't I remember names like that? Yeah, I mean, he has a um, he had a uh, vampire bar, and but. It, it's pro- I hope it's not like that. I mean, it was really bizarre. I mean, it was like all kind of weird stuff going on and sex orgies and all kind of creepy if stuff. They have mirrors in that bar. What's that? <laughs> I wonder if they have mirrors in oh, that bar. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, so you th- it's called the dungeon, huh? Right. Sean, go ahead. I'm sorry I stepped on you. Oh, that's okay. You can step on me anytime you want. Uh, Eric, um, what actually got you into writing? Well, it's a long story. Uh, I'm a a geologist by trade. And uh, in the 80s, I had an oil company. And I don't know if you're, you're probably not familiar with the 80s oil bust, but with a Penn Square debacle. Yeah. 10 square bank and my little company went belly up and i was just incensed you know because i didn't feel like i was you know i was quite young and wasn't i had no fault <laughs> if you <laughs> at least in my own mind and uh and so you know at the time i had an old it was like a ibm at it was 2600 or something on one of the first laptops and i uh wrote a book, you know, and I didn't want, because I knew everybody here in Oklahoma and all the oil people and, you know, who had done done what to who, and I couldn't really name names, so I fictionalized it and uh, put it in a box somewhere. I don't even know where it's at, and it's never, you know, never seen the light of day. However, I realized that I loved to write, and so I started attending writers' conferences. I even went to a you know, a romance writers conference here in in Oklahoma City, and uh, uh, that was crazy. And uh, met a lot of writers, and and uh, so I, I started writing. And and you know, writing is like a, a craft; it's not really an art. And the more you write, the better you get. And and uh, so, and you know, I'm just addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hear it. Um, what um, influenced you um, to, to write about, you know, New Orleans? Like, is it just because of the uh, mystique of it and, the, and the, the mystery that goes with it? Well, it's a, you know, you know, a lot of novels take place in New York City and uh, or Los Angeles, and really, I wrote a book 
here in Oklahoma, and, and uh, you know, most people think there's nothing here but cows and horses and, you know, maybe football, mm-hmm. and which isn't true. But the perception is there. And in New Orleans, of course, it's like you say, it, the mystique, the mystery, the, the haunted mansions, the, uh, the narrow streets, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the culture, the French and Spanish history. And, uh, I mean, there's just so much there. And, uh, and I knew so much about it, you know, growing up around it and living there for quite a while mm-hmm. that I just uh, I started writing short stories and uh well let's uh, let's I, hear some of the stories that you, you like like your grandma told you your aunt um that made you get you know interested in writing about them well when i was growing up i mean i'm i'm an older person and uh the my grandmother's my grandparents house had no air conditioning and in louisiana in the summertime it, it's really hot and so they had uh lawn furniture out back and a big pecan tree and after uh you know we would eat we would sit outside and sometimes every now and then there would be a slight breeze and and uh we'd drink iced tea and uh, my grandmother would uh who uh, grew up in mississippi would tell ghost stories yeah let's and, hear you know, some of those ghost stories that your grandma told <laughs> well <laughs> you know i I can't remember every one of them. I'm, you know, I'm like you. A lot of them would, and it would be dark, and it would they would be frightening and scary, and you know, bloody bones stuff like that. And and I'm not sure, you know, but she did tell one that she swears up and down that, uh, you know, she'd been at a friend's house and then went back home, you know, after dark, which was uh, kind of her father was, you know not too happy about it so she snuck in and when she did she saw a ghost and it scared the daylights out of her and you know the story's not much more than that but you know she and and i believe her because you know i've i i've seen a ghost here in my house it's just you know it's uh if if you're tell us about your ghost yeah well if you lock your mind down you know, and you, you say, well, there's no such thing, then you're going to not see a lot of stuff that's there right in front of your eyes. But one night I was uh, going into the kitchen to, you know, raid the refrigerator, and I saw a shadow. And there was, you know, kind of a nightlight on in the, in the kitchen, and it was a woman, and it was an, she had a, if if you could imagine, she had a like an old hat with a black veil and and a dress that came down to you know to the floor that was black, and I couldn't see her face, but and and I looked, and then it was more. I mean, you know, I you, you see something, and uh, then you question yourself. You say, well, I didn't really see that, <laughs> and, but you know sometimes you really did and i did it, mm-hmm. and you know she turned around and went back in the kitchen and when i went there there was no one there oh sean what do you think about that um there's another lady in black um i'm gonna i know when the movie lady in black came out all right um the next day i had close to 30 emails of people telling me that they saw the lady in black you know like they have to talk about the top hat man that they yeah. see all the time. there was a thing out with the lady in the long black dress and the black veil no, yeah. is this all the same people or are they different women oh the same there's this they're the same person you guys think the same person yes. mm-hmm. no who is the lady in black what's her back i don't her? have a clue i mean i don't know all i know is i saw her mm-hmm. that would be a good story to write about dude yeah like, what's her biography? What's she like? Why is she in black? Is she mourning the loss of a loved one, a husband? Well, you know, my business partner, he and his wife lived in New Orleans, and they were living on the the second floor of this one old building in the French Quarter, and they heard something, and like three, the ghost of three slaves came through the wall. Oh, my goodness. 
and they they had uh, chains, oh. and I mean Ray, my partner, he thought he was dreaming, and he turned, and his wife Kelly was looking at the same thing, and then the ghost disappeared, and he said, "Did you see that?" And she said, "Yes." Oh my goodness! <laughs> and so they they both saw it at the same time, and and you know they were, I mean he wasn't making the, he's a lawyer, so he wasn't making this up. I mean it was it happened. Wow, it was in like physical form. It wasn't just like a ghostly mist. It was actual physical. Well, I mean, it was mass. like a ghostly mist, but he could see that you mm -hmm. know that they were they they weren't human, but that they were ghosts. And this was where? In New Orleans. You know, it, it well, I would yeah, I can I can see that happening. I mean, they were treated so badly. Um, the slaves were treated so badly, and and if if they're anything like the ones that tortured. Um, were tortured in that one house that um, that you were talking about. I can see that. I mean, they're not at rest. They were a miserable existence. So I can see that. Right. Sean? Yes. What do you uh, say about that? It, it's the, it, 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 it isn't right. Um, totally depressing upon that. And, I mean, uh, wouldn't that be reason enough for them to be haunting people in New Orleans? I mean, some of these houses are so old, they have well, to be there. Some of those hauntings, um, they're uh, reconstruct. Uh, I forget. I keep forgetting that word. But what it is is that they're stuck, say, like 1865, mm -hmm. okay? And they just keep repeating 1865. It's a residual haunting. Residual, residual yes. haunting that keeps going on yeah i mean yeah. these these mansions and these properties um they were lucky there's they have as many as they did i know the civil war destroyed most of them um i'm so glad that there are some that are left so there has to be they have to be haunted i mean we're talking 100 year old houses even 200 300 year old mansions that are still there there has to be so much um spirit there so much residual energy that just goes through the halls that one after the other because you figure how many people lived in those homes yeah. I have to tell you this uh, it, strange story the last book I wrote in the series was New Orleans Dangerous and the reason I wrote it and in fact I, I wrote it like in two months it didn't take long but this woman who had visited New Orleans with her daughter had direct messaged me on Twitter and she asked me if I knew anything about a uh, silver chalice in a uh, an altar in a closet in the old Ursuline convent and I said no and uh, so anyway she sent me pictures and her daughter had was you know like 18 years old and and was looking around maybe where she wasn't supposed to and in uh the first floor of the old Ursuline convent. It's a self-guiding tour. And so she goes in there, and it's like the size of a closet, but there is a uh, an altar and a silver chalice with a white rose with no water in the chalice. And on the chalice, it was, it had, uh, the it was engraved with blood of hogs. Oh. And so I Googled that, and I found a reference to uh, like a 14th century pope. And back in the 14th century, there was, you know, the, the uh, I mean, uh, Catholicism, I guess, was just beginning at the time. And, and they, uh, there was, they believed as much in the devil as they believed in God. That's the truth. Oh and, uh, but anyway, uh, the more I researched it, I found that uh, uh, Louis the Fourteenth, who was a sun king from, uh, you know, of course, the, from France, mm -hmm. who built the, the biggest, most majestic uh, residence on earth, and uh, he actually uh, was heavy into finding out about immortality because, uh, you know, naturally he was powerful and he was rich. And he wanted to live forever. And uh, the story goes that he imported a vampire from Bavaria. And that 
you know, to st- because he was searching, you know, finding the secret for immortality. And and this is even crazier than this. I mean, you know, they had the uh, these uh, crypt- cryptology machines. You know, he was uh, so secretive that he encrypted everything. It wasn't until World War II that they broke some of this code. But back to the story, you know, that actually he had a grandson that supposedly died when he was like uh, 28 years old. But in fact, he may have been injected with some of the blood from one of these vampires and became the first French vampire. Oh, wow. And then couldn't stay in France, and so uh, they shipped him off to the New World, to New Orleans. And, you know, a lot of this, I mean, I fictionalized it, but a lot of it is just so creepy that, I mean, it's just, when, when, you, when you do the research and you start, you know, peeling the layers away from the, the mystery, I mean, it, it is just, it'll just blow your mind. Yeah. What do you think about that, Sean? That's crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go buy a vampire, huh? And live forever. That would be good. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to live forever. Now you, the the vampires aren't alive. They're the living dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was that was the problem. You don't live forever. In fact, you're you're dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you de- yeah, you're dead. Um, but they think that, but they're alive. But they're not. They're they're dead. But they're they're living and they talk. So right. Isn't that, um, there's so many vampire stories, like the origin of the vampire. Some say that uh, when Christ was, he got speared on the cross, that the blood drained down and into the chalice, I guess it was a chalice was sitting there, and I guess someone drank the blood, or he was a soldier, and they believed that it would give him the maternal youth. I don't know if you knew that story behind that one, the, why vampires. Well, I've became. heard that. In fact, you know, when I was younger, there there was a whole series that, about this particular Roman soldier that lived forever. Yes, and, the you Roman know, soldier. Been, I, I've, I read it so long ago, I can't remember, but I, I read every one of them. Yeah, I, that, I believe that that possibly could, could happen. Or I know there's a story behind the Hudson Bay Company that um, the French, um, I believe it was in Louisiana, I think they actually made a series on the Discovery Channel about it. And there was some um, strange, like when you were talking about the altar and about the um, blood, there's a um, character in it that, that, that he has an altar just like that. And it, it's on the, um, the Hudson Bay story. I can't remember the name of the series that they just came out with. It was just last probably about three or four months ago that it was on. But it was about the Henry, uh, the Henry, um, Henry Hudson um, the Bay Company, um, and they did weird stuff like that with altars, and they were French, and it was like the French um, district. Um, I, it might even have been like a, um, what do you call them? Oh, uh, not, come on, Sean, help me out. Um, <laughs> they're not, they're called um, Little Town. What's that? Satanist? No, yeah, well, they are Satanists, but uh, each, um, what the little um, municipal um, towns are called. Parish? Parish, yes, the parish. parish. See, so we're not from New Orleans, so it's real new to us. So <laughs> even though we're on a New Orleans radio station, we, um, we're we not from there, you know. Um, but this parish, there was a lot of people that... Um, practiced um satanism and um voodoo it looked like it could be voodoo because he took the hair one of the characters took the hair from someone and they brought it up to the altar so it must be something in that just the culture that believes in that stuff so it has to be and vampires i don't know uh they've been around you know there's a lot of talk that transylvania was real and i mean it is a real place but there was um a lot of vampires there because they were so evil and they did so many horrible things so you know mm. i can't well you know not to change the subject but i wrote another book called primal creatures Ooh. and it's about uh 
werewolves, but in New Orleans, not in New Orleans, but in southern uh, Louisiana, they call them rougarous. I heard Rougarous, that. yeah, I've heard that Rougarous, too. Yes, yes. You know, in the French, I, I, I think it's loop, loop guru, but, you know, the Cajuns call it rougarou. And, uh, and uh, I, on my, uh, my Facebook fan page, someone, you know, was saying there's no such thing, na 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 na. About 20 minutes later, this, somebody posted a picture with one in the bushes. Oh, my goodness. So they they do exist, but that's the same thing as a werewolf, but they're just a different name for them. Is that right? Right. Oh, wow. I don't know. I think that I don't believe I don't now. Do you think that there are werewolves at the at twelve midnight on a full moon that they turn into a man turns into a werewolf, or do you think it's just a psychological thing that some people go crazy when there's a full moon and the normal person ends up acting a little wild? <laughs> I believe well, it is psychologically. Yeah, I think that. I would say so, but I don't see them turning into wolves per se, but I see them act like werewolves. No, I, I believe that because I was born on a full moon, and the moon, I know exactly when the moon's coming. I know when it's going to be a full moon. I'll have these crazy um, outbursts of crying uh, mood swings when there's a full moon, um, and it passes when it pat when it goes to, you know, it starts to pass and it's not a full moon anymore. I start to feel better, um, like two or three days after that. But leading a day or two up to the full moon, I start. I mean, really, sometimes I think, oh my God, this woman is nuts. She's crazy, <laughs> you know, because it does affect me just like it affects the the ocean and women's cycles and i mean it, it controls the moon controls a lot so i think werewolves i i do believe the mental is wild they become wild um they act out but i don't believe they grow a tail and fangs no you you guys well how do you what do you think uh, i think that if you ask them i bet you they'll tell you they do even though they don't you mean people, or do you think there are people that actually turn into a werewolf? In the, with no, 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 people who do, you know, psychologically turn into a oh, werewolf. Oh, yeah, I think they do. Well, you they actually have, think they yeah. believe they're werewolves. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. But, again, that comes down to my theory. If it helps you out in some certain way to make your life better, then do uh, it. Man. What do you think, Eric? Well, you, you know, you've heard of the disease rabies. Oh, yeah, that's dog... totally different, though, isn't it? That's <laughs> well, a no, it's not. If a mad dog bites another dog, the dog, if it's, will go, you know, will go, will go mad. And if, if a dog, mad, you know, before, back in the uh, dark ages, there was no cure for rabies. I guess oh, Louis okay. Pasteur, right. and they would, uh, uh, humans would foam at the mouth, and if, you know, they would attack you, and if they bit you, you would get it. Okay, can I? Kiss, so I, I mean, you know, there is a certain. Too, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they were werewolves, but they uh, they certainly uh, acted like animals, and they did attack people. Okay, I can see where that can happen. Back in the um, the early days of America, or or anywhere else, Canada, or anywhere else, that if they did get bit by it. and yeah, they could see that that person would run around foaming at the mouth. Yeah, I can see that. But and they, it would be transmitted. I mean, they you, they would transmit the disease to you, just like I mean the you know you, you all these uh, folk tales have a basis in fact. Yeah, but they don't grow hair. Well, we don't know. I mean, how many how many of us have ever seen? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen a werewolf before. I would. I'm going to be looking for one next full moon. I'll tell you that. What about you, Sean? Yeah. Nah, you can do it for me. That's nah, okay. thanks, thanks, thanks. It's about, so you do have a whole series on on werewolves. No, just one book. Uh, you know, I try to. I'm a. Uh, I do paranormal and you know ghosts and mm -hmm. and the one I'm working on right now is uh, the Green Fairy. You know, the absinthe yeah. Green Fairy, which is. Oh, uh, I love fairies. <laughs> really creepy, really creepy. Maybe the creepiest book I've ever written. Well, what's it called again? Yeah. 
Well, the name of the book is going to be, I haven't written it yet. It's called, the one I'm working on is Craters of the Moon. And uh, hopefully I'll have it out by the end of the year. But, well, the one about the fairies, the green. Well, you know, Absinthe is, uh, was a, when, I, when they had a, a plague in France and all the wine, the vines were destroyed, mm-hmm. uh, Absinthe became the national drink. And they drank, I, I can't tell you how many millions of gallons. And, and it supposedly, you know, it's botanicals. It's made up of fennel. Uh, uh, wormwood, and I can't remember the other off the top of my head, but supposedly it's hallucinogenic, and you know, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but you know, Ernest Hemingway uh, was a a fan, and Edgar Allan Poe, and uh, uh, all the uh, artists, and Degas, and so on, and and you know, just in 2006, it was illegal in the United States until 2007 but you know you can you can drink it now if you go to New Orleans you ought to try it it has a anise I guess that's how you pronounce it which tastes like licorice and it's very highly uh, uh, alcoholic and you know I could see how people might think that they were uh, hallucinating yeah, I, I definitely can see that happening any kind of poison mushrooms anything like that back then if you ate them and you started seeing things and if you're outside and you, you maybe you ate some poison mushrooms too and you see this dog like creature and you might think you know you saw a werewolf too mm-hmm. so you never oh. know chupacabra witching hour buddy I know it's getting to the witching hour okay well Eric uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening it was a pleasure having That's- you Thank you for coming on. Where can someone hey, thanks go- so much for asking Absolutely. Me. Where can someone find your books? Well, they can find them on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online. And, uh, you know, they. Uh, uh, I'm an indie author, so they're not widely available yeah. in most libraries. But they are available. And, like I say, I've written uh, eight well, French Quarter Mysteries. And- cool. Well, we'll be definitely looking for him. Yeah, so thank you again for joining us this evening, uh, Eric. Um, Sean, tell our audience where we can get in contact with you if they want to get a paranormal investigation. If they want a paranormal investigation, just go on to our Facebook page at Pittsburgh Paranormal Society on Facebook. And I welcome everyone to continue the conversation and join us Friday Night Live on Pittsburgh Paranormal Chasing Prophecies Facebook page, 9 Eastern. So please check out my author page, J.E. Nicasio, my trilogy, From the Sky, and all my books on Amazon. And next week is Everything Paranormal Open Mic Thursday, so hope you can join us. And remember to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and check out and subscribe to ChasingProphecyRadio.com and our YouTube channel. Stay safe. Good night, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Chasing Prophecy.